The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Welcome, my dear brothers and sisters, to the celebration of one of the truly great days of our lives, the glorious solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. In no way simply a day to honor the Blessed Virgin Mary, but in many ways, oh, so much more. You know, in the days of my youth, between the chariot races, before I really understood the meaning of this day, When I, like many Catholics, in part due to the practice of reading this particular gospel, believe today to be about the conception of Jesus as opposed to the conception of Mary, I used to ask adults who I thought would know more than I did why the date of Jesus' conception was so close to Christmas, only to have them admit that they never understood that either. Of course, once I learned that what we were actually celebrating was the Immaculate Conception of Mary— and not the miraculous conception of Jesus, the church's timing made perfect sense, as we celebrate the Immaculate Conception of Mary nine months before the birthday of Mary, September 8th. And we, of course, celebrate the miraculous conception of Jesus by the Holy Spirit on the Solemnity of the Annunciation, which is on March 25th, nine months before Christmas. However, once we get past all that confusion and understand what this day commemorates, it really makes perfect sense, not only calendar-wise, but also in terms of the spirit of the Advent season in which it takes place. For this day in history was truly the very first day of Advent, even though the people who lived it didn't know it. Because no matter how many prophecies and promises foretold the coming of the Messiah, No matter how much we needed 
expected, anticipated, longed for, or otherwise anxiously waited for the Savior. The countdown clock didn't officially start until today. Yes, it was on this great and glorious day, with the creation of this perfect, sinless, spotless woman, immaculate yet human, that our redemption, the countdown to that atonement for the sin of Adam and Eve that had been on hold for thousands of years, was suddenly begun, and the events of our salvation set in motion at last. For without this day, December 8th, we don't have that day, December 25th. And of course, without December 25th, there is no Good Friday or Easter Sunday either. December 8 to 25, 17 days on the calendar, maybe 15 to 20 years of history, but critically, crucially, undeniably linked one to the other, the second dependent on the first. And while many who hear this gospel of the Annunciation suggest that Mary had a decision to make in terms of her response, I would suggest that Mary's answer was not a matter of yes or no, but truly a fiat, the Latin word for let it be done. Let it be done according to your word. Her only concern was doing the will of God, the idea of refusal never entering her mind. For a sinless person who had never offended or separated herself from God in any way was certainly not going to start when the very purpose of her creation was about to be fulfilled. Her only discomfort was not for fear of what God was calling her to do, but by the angels greeting her as full of grace. For although it was certainly true, because of the very humility that grace imbued, the idea that she would be addressed with such a greeting would be troubling for someone who considered God alone worthy of such a title. However, she quickly came to realize that the reference was not meant to glorify her for her own sake, holy as she was, but also for the sake of the child she would bear. The angel advised her not to be afraid, for she had found favor with God, putting at ease her one and only fear, the fear of offending God. Something we can learn from Mary's example is that the absence of sin, our detachment from sin, helps us to conquer fear as well. It removes any obstacle, any separation between us and God. It opens us to God's grace and connects us to the one who insulates us from the cares of the world. Now, it is easy for us to say, well, when it comes to sin, Mary had an advantage that we don't. She and she alone was born without sin. But it was her being so chosen, the first of the saved, that was the vehicle for Jesus to come and save the rest of us. And it is by his salvific act that we are able to escape the clutches of original sin and work toward a life not dominated by sin, but enhanced by his grace. You know, early in my career, I received a promotion that required me to wear collar rank insignia. When I got my first set of chevrons, they were gold-plated and needed very little maintenance. But after a while, they started to look a bit dull. So I took some metal polish and buffed them up. But you know what happened? The metal polish ended up taking off the gold plate and revealing the brass base underneath. And you know there is a difference between gold and brass. Gold retains its luster with little effort. But as I found out, brass can only shine brightly if it is worked and polished every day. Point being, 
while our sinless Blessed Mother Mary retains her golden countenance. By virtue of Adam and Eve's original sin and our resulting concupiscence, the rest of us have made brass of ourselves. But all that means is that with the required proper work and care, daily buffing with an examination of conscience, and the routine polishing of the confessional, we can still shine brightly before the Lord. Free from the influence of sin and seeking the will of God in all that one does, this is the disposition of our Blessed Mother from the very beginning of her existence that we celebrate today. This is also the disposition that we aspire to, aided by her intercession and through our relationship with her Son. In this world so focused on the choice of the individual, it is this submission to the will of God of the sinless Mary, his mother, that we should be seeking to imitate. Not like Eve, fearing a lack of independence and freedom to choose, but fearing only that our choices might not be in accord with God's will for our lives. So today is not only a celebration of Mary, but also a feast of Advent, a celebration of the first movement of the clock of our salvation, a day to rejoice in the coming of the Lord and in what we can learn from Mary's life as we prepare for it. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.